Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry's Foundation and our Optometric Education Channel. Today's episode is entitled Grit Survey Score in First Year Optometry Students Pre-COVID versus Mid-COVID. I'd like to thank our host and our topical editor, Dr. Keisha Elder, and our topical expert today, Dr. Daniel Taylor. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the American Academy of Optometry Foundation clinical podcast series. I am Dr. Keisha Elder, your host. I am a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. I am joined by another fellow, Dr. Daniel Taylor. He is also a diplomate of the optometric education section. So welcome, Dr. Taylor. Thank you. Very excited to be here with you, Dr. Elder. Thank you so much for, um, for participating in this. Let's begin by you just telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm um, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, went to Southern College of Optometry, as one does. Great school and right in my backyard and uh, graduated from there with my optometry degree. I was on faculty there for a little bit over a decade before I moved to Michigan, Michigan College of Optometry at Ferris State University, where I currently serve as interim dean. Uh, So, yeah, that's the the, the really short uh, version of it all. Well, thank you for that. So let's go ahead and and jump into the purpose of us being here today. We're going to discuss an article titled Grit Survey Score in First-Year Optometry Students Pre-COVID versus Mid-COVID by Patricia Ciceric. It was published in the Journal of Optometric Education in the fall of 2022. And Dr. Taylor, one thing that that I found very interesting about this particular article is that it's just so very timely as we all struggle in optometric education to try to determine the best way to um, educate our students in this post-COVID environment. I just found that this was a great article that we could kind of talk about that a little bit. So let's begin by you maybe giving us a little bit of an overview about the paper. Sure, my pleasure. So it looks like, like you kind of indicated, I I imagine that my colleague, Dr. Ciseric, probably saw that a lot of her students just didn't seem to be thriving in the same way that they were before COVID. And you kind of look at that, you see it happening over and over again, and you ask the question, why? So it's kind of predicated upon that assumption that college students who have been through the COVID-19 pandemic seem to show the reduced levels of what uh, Duckworth defines as grittiness. And, you know, grit has been a term that's been used a long time. Duckworth defines it as passion and perseverance for long-term goals. And so you kind of had this feeling that students just don't seem to be able to hold on to that passion that lets them approach or or keep moving towards uh, those long-term goals. And so the great question of the paper is, if this perception that Dr. Sizerick and others are seeing in the students is true, then it's probably necessary that optometric educators adjust our teaching methods, even our curricula, uh, so that we can find ways to help our students develop this grittiness that helps them to get through and be successful in what they're trying to do. Uh, One thing that is, I think, really important to note is that uh, all the evidence that we see outside of this paper is that these effects are probably going to be happening for years to come. Right. Yeah, students in kindergarten through 12th grade who had to go through the pandemic are experiencing and reporting a lot of the same problems with motivation and with uh, sticking to what they're doing. And so we may see that for a decade from now, we're still having trouble with this grittiness in our students. 
Right. So the grit in our students is just so important. And as Dr. Taylor um, described what grit was, but let me just go through the acronym for you. G is growth. R is resilience, I is intrinsic motivation, and T is tenacity. So those are some characteristics that we would love to have in, of course, all of optometry students. When you think about this article, what would you say were some of the um, key findings that you found? And how do you think some of these findings may be impactful to us as optometric educators? Yeah, so the key finding was, uh, I mean, the main point of the article was when you compared uh, class of entering first year optometry students after the pandemic, 2022, to classes that uh, started before the pandemic, uh, uh, 2017, 2018, then you did see a reduction in this measurable grit uh, survey uh, uh, survey result. Uh, that's based on a 10 question survey, but I believe it has been psychometrically uh, validated. So uh, it's actually measuring something, right? And right. what it measures is those four elements you talked about. So we did see in this one study, um, something has caused these students to have a decline. Now, when you're looking at one group of students versus another, it could be statistical noise. But the fact that we're seeing this, and a lot of people are, are noting this anecdotally, it kind of reemphasizes that there's probably something actually happening here. Oh. And I really, I'm so glad that you mentioned the uh, the definition of uh, Duckworth's concept of grit, which is an acronym, right? Because there's so much in there. You meet people sometimes who think it's not even worth trying because I just am who I am. That that betrays a lack of a growth mindset, right? right. Growth is just the idea that, hey, if I set my mind to it, I can change myself. Right. The whole purpose of education is that... The, the second one, the resilience, right? That has to do with keeping going. So that's where you get deliberative practice, right? right? If you're trying to learn lensometry, we all remember it was hard, or you're all trying to learn retinoscopy. Right. <laughs> the idea that I'm going to get better at it because I'm going to set a plan and work my plan, that seems to be lacking in some cases. Right. And then one of my favorites is intrinsic motivation. Because if you look at the world, and you can't see why the thing you're doing is valuable, except for the fact that it might make you money someday. Well, that's incredibly demotivating. So honestly, I think one of the biggest implications of this article is that what we're dealing with is not just a intellectual or educational deficit. It's a spiritual deficit. And it requires a solution that you, you can't put in a syllabus. It requires individual people taking others under their wing, acting as mentors. So yeah, that's really what I got out of it. Right. And, and that's funny because especially when you talk about like the intrinsic motivation, I mean, it's like, what can we do? You know, what what are the external forces or the things that we can um, um, bring into our students' lives that can actually cause them to, to within be motivated? And I think you hit the key, like what type of mentoring and relationship building do we need to engage in, you know, to, to, to help our students in this area? So that's just just fascinating to me when you think about this, the, the, um, the scholarship of learning about things like intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. So now I'm kind of going along in that same vein when we think about our students today in optometry school and we all say students today aren't the way they were 10 years ago, which is the way they were 20 years ago, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We think about our current optometry students and how COVID has impacted them and then thinking about this grit, this, this, this grit component. 
Is there anything in the study that you read that will maybe cause you to re-examine how you, you view your students, how that you engage with your students, or how you encourage your faculty to interact with your students? Yeah, I think so, because uh, it reinforces, like we kind of indicated before, just a feeling that a lot of people have been having for a while. And it really re reinforces the need to do something about it. Um, you kind of get the sense that societal factors, public institutions, whether it be governmental institutions, religious institutions, social institutions, have declined precipitously for a while. But we really saw it in the pandemic, right, where people are having to stay home. And so those things that they relied upon in order to give them some social meaning or some right. purpose, it's just not there anymore. Right. And then, of course, you go out and you are going out and you're wearing a mask. You're not seeing people's faces. You're isolated by that, that psychic distance as well. And so if you already are a person who hasn't given a whole lot of thought to your purpose in life or your meaning in life, well, then that situation is just going to exacerbate the point. Right. Find yourself in a situation where you're isolated and where you really don't have anybody to lead you by the hand and help you. Mm -hmm. So what I really got out of this and what I'd like to see maybe different is maybe it's time for we optometry educators to think about how we organize our curricula. You know, for the longest time, we would say it needs to be about lifelong learning. It needs to I... be about critical thinking. And we say it and we say it and we say it. And yet the hidden curriculum is cram and that's the way to get through. Right. We can say it all we want, but when we reward behaviors that that uh, uh, like cramming, because we do right. multiple choice test is, mm -hmm. is it rewards cramming. Then what we're ultimately doing is telling them we may say this, but what we really mean is that you need to cram and know the answers. Right. So what would it look like to rethink an optometric curriculum and redesign it so that we are emphasizing? lifelong learning, emphasizing self-reflection, metacognition, criticality mm -hmm. of all things, not just thought, but criticality of emotions, criticality of relationships. What does that look like? And that's a really difficult question, but I think it's one we've got to ask. I think our students will demand nothing less. You know what, I, I agree. And then listening to you, it made me think that I kind of think as, as a, a field or probably just as higher education in general, I think we underestimated the impact of the, the social distancing, the impact of masks, you know, because even if you are closer to your students than six feet, if you have on that mask, you have on that physical barrier, and there's always, whenever there's a physical barrier, there's going to be some type of mental, emotional barrier that's going to be with that also. So I think that Part of what we're seeing also may be based on the lack of connection that maybe the faculty and, st and students are having based on, you know, COVID. And, and I really think we truly underestimated how important that interpersonal, the interpersonal relationships are when it comes to our students and their, their grit, you know, to keep it in alignment with what we're talking about. I agree with you. And it's important to note that this isn't pointing fingers at anybody because at the time we were all just figuring out what to do with this. Oh my gosh, yes. But just because it wasn't necessarily anybody's fault that that happened doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And we it still have happen. to figure out what we're going to do about it. That's part of the tragedy of the pandemic are exactly. the after effects, not just the physical health after effects, but the social after effects. Yeah, I agree. So um, do you think, so one of the big pushes in 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 optometry, um, especially um, 
right now is trying to change the demographics of our, our students, you know, of our, our applicant pool. So do you think as we start to see that manifested and we see a shift in the demographics of our students, do you think that we maybe need to kind of start looking at grit and taking grit into account? And if so, how would you do that? You know, I think maybe we can, because the thing I like the most about grit, and I'll be blunt, I, I hadn't read a whole lot about it until I was starting to review this paper, but uh, one of the things I like the most about it is it's entirely universal and it's entirely individual. Right? It looks at a person as a person, and it doesn't draw any value judgments. It just says, hey, if you have these characteristics, you tend to be more successful in academics. You tend to be more likely to reach a goal that you've set for yourself. Right. And so at that point, I think, yeah, it's something that presented appropriately, I think, can attract anybody, regardless of background, regardless of immutable characteristic, whatever the case may be. And so, yeah. I think there's an opportunity, but bluntly, before I say definitely yes, I really want to learn a little bit more about it. Right. Big thing that I don't get out of this paper necessarily is whether grit is trainable. It looks like there has been some studies out there to indicate that it might be. Like, for example, one of the cool ones that I saw was a Taekwondo class. Right. Increasing yes. a person's grit mm -hmm. level. Because, of course, mm -hmm. you're setting a goal to yourself and you're help, other people are helping you get through it but I'd really like to learn a little bit more about it first before I gave it the enthusiastic thumbs up. But let's just say at this point that I'm intrigued and want to learn. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And when I kind of think about grit and maybe the role of, of, of evaluating the grits in our students, there's more the, the self-awareness component of grit because yeah. if we know that students kind of by examining themselves as they answer those questions, know that they may not be the most motivated students that we have. We may be able to maybe provide them with um, some support that we may not necessarily provide normally. So just kind of how we can take that as we look at, you know, our students' characteristics and make sure that the educational environment that we um, provide for them is the best one for them. So that's kind of what's kind of moving around in the back of my mind. Sure. Interesting. Yes, yes, just, just thoughts, just thoughts, though. Hey, we're just two people talking here, sure. <laughs> yes, exactly, there you go. So when you kind of review the overall message of this paper, do you think there are any, um, and we may have already touched on this a little bit, but just any um, key takeaways that you think will be important for your colleagues? Yeah, I think the days of us looking at the students as, this, um, as customers who are just going to come in and we're going to present the material and we're going to present it really well, and then the ball's in their court. And they right. figure out if they want to succeed or not. I think those days are gone, mm -hmm. at least for a while. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about before, you know, as people rely on religious institutions, social institutions, governmental institutions less, then there's going to be less of that intrinsic motivation, less of that mm -hmm. grit that we kind of relied on in the past. And so you can call it what you will, but our students are going to come to us, not just wanting to know the answers, but they're going to want to know what it means to be a doctor. They're going to know what it means to live a meaningful life. Right. And the number of times recently that I've I had the opportunity to give a little bit of talk about organizing your time as well as aligning your actions with your priorities to my first-year students. And mm -hmm. I'm getting more and more first-year students who have reached out and said, can we talk about this? Because it's right. clear that maybe other people have mentioned it to them, but it never really stuck before. Right. I'm starting to realize that, you know, just working so you can have a job and make money is not a fulfilling life. It's great. Yeah, I got no problem right. with it. But there's got to be more than that. 
Right. So to be educators, the key takeaway I bring from this is we've got to be ready to have those conversations one-on-one -on -one and be okay with being more than just teachers, but being mentors. You know, that's just so important because I 100% agree with you. The, the days of just coming and teaching and, and saying, okay, I'm done, bye. We have to provide more than just that for our students because that's just right now, that's just not enough. So so thank you for, for stating what we've all been kind of thinking thinking about in the background. So I'm going to end with this question. Um, when you think about some potential research um, topics or research um, activities that can um, come as a result of this particular paper, do you see any, any, any particular ways that we can expand this for, to answer further research questions? Yeah, I hope that this and similar research in kind of the same vein causes us to maybe expand our focus because we've been talking about critical thinking for a long time. Right. And we understand its utility, but the danger of focusing so much on critical thinking is it reduces the human being to a brain in a jar, right? Right. Just right. thought in a body. But of course, we know that's not the case. It's equally as important, particularly if you deal with students on like the student affairs side of things. Mm -hmm. that a student know how to handle the uh, emotions that he's going right. through or the relationship she's going through or all these other elements of what it is to be a person. And so there's this concept of just general criticality, mm -hmm. being a person who is critical, that is to say, who addresses thoughtfully, reflectively all right. the elements of life. Right. The ancients used to call this wisdom. So maybe it's time for us to get away, not so much get away from critical thinking because it's hugely, hugely useful, but expand that into more of a holistic wisdom. And so we teach our students to live the examined life, to live a life of purpose and of reflection and of meaning. Uh, there's no reason why optometric educators can't be the start of the sea change in education. You know, this is the kind of thing that makes uh, elementary schools realize that it's important to have art class, even though right. it's expensive and it doesn't right. help you to meet a standardized test, right? Because right. Those are the kind of things that give you purpose and meaning and quality of life. There's no reason why optometry can't be the ones who are saying, why don't we develop your quality of life while you're also learning how to help other people in their quality of life? I think that's a very meaningful, purposeful way to live. You know, I think that's great. That kind of reminds me when I um, talk to students who are interviewing um, for, for um, positions at UMSL, where I, I currently serve as dean, one thing I like to say is that, you know, we want to train good optometrists or great optometrists, but we also want to help develop good people. Yeah. So it makes me think, what am I doing intentionally to make sure that our students are good people when they graduate? You know, so how am I contributing to that aspect of their education? So, so yeah. properly understood, there's no difference between the two, right? Because right. if you're a good person, if you have these habits of tenacity, of grit, but also compassion, of, of care mm -hmm. for other people, then that's just going to feed back and make you into a better doctor. Whereas just the desire for uh, acquisition of filthy lucre, eventually that breaks down. Right, exactly. <laughs> so thank you. I think that's a perfect way to um to, to end this conversation. Thank I'm you, Dr. This. Taylor, for your thoughts and your expertise and your opinion as we went into more detail and talked about the GRIT survey score in first year optometry students pre-COVID versus mid-COVID. So thank you. Thank you. And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen.